We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. And this is the home of the 3 and 8 Minnesota Timberwolves, a team that just does not quite have it figured out. I just finished the post game media Zoom with Ryan Saunders, Malik Beasley, Carl Anthony Towns, and D'Angelo Russell after the Timberwolves 118 107 loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. And it was a absolutely wild post-game presser, which I guess is just the norm with this Timberwolves team now. If you haven't already <laughs> haven't already heard what Cat had to say, ooh, something. I'll I'll play I'll play some of it here in a second, but but parsed for the coherent thoughts, uh, the one key theme that that really ran through what Saunders said and Beasley said, Town said and Russell said was physicality. They just brought up physicality a lot, that the team lacked physicality tonight. Saunders said, quote, we've got to be more physical, plain and simple. Beasley said, quote, they didn't feel us. Cat said a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch. But the most salient quote of his was, obviously we didn't play defense in the fourth quarter. And then Russell said, Brandon Clark and Jonas Valanciunas were the ones that really got it going for them. And Russell is right. That is certainly accurate. I mean, Beasley, Towns, and Russell combined to score 78 points themselves. But the Wolves as a team gave up 80 points to the Grizzlies in the paint. 80 in the paint. A season high in the NBA this season. <sighs> Here's my thing. They just don't have physicality on this roster, plain and simple. The the lack of physicality with Wancho on the floor against the front court of Clark and Vanderbilt, it, it, it's just going to break you. And, and you know, given the roster, it leaves you grasping for the only two straws left at that position. Jared Vanderbilt, who has played like 
played like 50 minutes of NBA time before this season, or Josh Okogie, who's six foot four. Now, I'm not saying those aren't better options. They are. And on Friday, I mean, you, you just got to get those two out there more because it's the same opponent and it's going to be the same physicality. But tonight, Vanderbilt did get in foul trouble, and Okogie was on a minutes restriction, still coming back from his hamstring strain. But that isn't the broader point. The, the broader point is that the, those two aren't answers at power forward. They are role players that hack the system because they try hard. You know, and should Vanderbilt be out there for 30 minutes on Friday if you want to win? Sure, probably. But I don't think we can be sure that he he's some solution, that he's this this cure-all to the, the broader pro- power forward problems. Again, the, the roster is currently constructed is broken. There's, there's no big people, and other teams have big people. Unfortunately, as the roster is currently stru- constructed, the way I think to compete going forward is to score more. And that's why, you know, after the game, as I'm staring at the box score, I'm looking at 78 points from Kat, Malik, and D'Lo and asking, okay, how do I get 40 from everyone else? I just need 40 from the other seven guys. And I think they just got to find some of those guys' buckets. You know, clearly, Wancho and Culver are completely different players when they have confidence. You know, Lehman didn't play tonight, but, but his confidence is dead too. And, you know, I don't even know where Anthony Edwards has gone. So if it's me, if I'm one of those big three players, I'm thinking about what we can do to get just one of those other guys going. It's, it's, to me, it's, it's unrealistic to just expect that these guys are going to run to the corner like P.J. Tucker or Trevor Ariza and, and in that role stay locked in for 48 minutes. They're, they're just not vets like that. That's really hard to do. So, you know, th- this is what I'm thinking about in the, the, the post-game presser is just finding more ways to get a little bit more out of the big three. So I tried to ask Kat, Beasley, and D'Lo about it post-game, you know, just about what they can do to get the other guys going. And, you know, I mean, you'll hear Kat, Kat – Kat made an effort to answer the question and and then just, you know, kind of went off in 15 different directions about the defense. But, I, I mean, I don't know. I'll play you the full clip here for entertainment purposes. But it he kept hitting home the point of defense. And, obviously, that's an encouraging thing to hear from Carl Anthony Towns and his defense is encouraging. We're going to touch on that. But, I don't know. I, I, I was listening to him talk, and, and there's just – I'm not quite sure I philosophically agree with all of it. And yes, in this clip, he does call me Dan. Um, I've covered the team for three years, and I guess I'm now Dan. But actually, jokes aside, um, there's some good stuff in here from Carl Antonio Towns. Here's Kat. Carl, I hear you uh, focusing on the defense, but an offensive question, I guess, uh, for you. You, you Malik, and, and uh, D'Angelo had 78 tonight. What are the ways you can... What, what elements of the game can you get the other guys maybe going in a little bit more? How can you three contribute to that? Um, you know, we'll have to watch tape on that, but I think for us, it's just more about um, doing what we're supposed to do so we could give them that chance to have a lead and go in there and play the game. I think for us, we got to maybe – I'm I'm a big believer on the defense side. I'm I'm sorry. I know you want to say something about the offense, but it's not the offense. I mean, it doesn't matter if 
me and D'Lo and my, Malik uh, you know, combined for goddamn 30 points. But as long as we play in defense, if they not scoring, then it don't matter. I mean, we got enough talent on this team to score. So that's not a problem or a concern of mine. Uh, the defensive side is where I have a problem, and that's where I take the most integrity and pride in. So if I know you want to get them involved. I mean, it's not a secret. Our, you know, we didn't shoot very well off of our bench, but at the end of the day, we didn't shoot well from our bench. We didn't even take great shots, but our defense was so solid that for three quarters, we were up by 10. You know, and that's the reason, you know, me, Malik, and, and D'Angelo are paid. You know, we could put the ball in the bucket. That's not the problem. But can we stop the ball from being in the bucket is where the growth really comes in for our team. And that's what makes us uh, be a team that's on the fringe, to, in the playoffs, to a high playoff seeded team, to a championship team. Um, like I said, and before the start of the fourth quarter, I, I talked to our team and said, if we talk about all these things, we talk to you guys in the media, from John to Dan to whoever. And we talk about, we, you know, we want to be a playoff team. We, we're going to be a playoff team. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I believe Malik said that. Then we got we to gotta play like a playoff team. We got to have that pride, that integrity. We got to, you know, if we really want to do this and we're up by 10 going into the fourth, there's no, there's no reason that they should even make that lead come back. If we say we want to be this team, we got to go from 10 to 20, 20 to 30. Starters come out. Bench comes in. F that. We're going to bring it up to 40 to 50. It has to be a killer mindset with all of us coming. There can't be no 10-point lead all the games are if we win. No, that's not that's, – this is the NBA. 10-point, 20-point leads ain't safe. You got to keep growing them, t- keep the momentum on our side, play defense. Offense will come, no matter if you're hitting shots or not. But if they're not hitting shots and we're not hitting shots, we're still up by 10. So it don't matter at the end of the day. But, you know, we got to do that. We got to look back at ourselves and we got to assess it and – you know, we got practice tomorrow and uh, we'll have a lot of film and we'll have a lot of conversation and we'll go from there. So that escalated quickly. But right, I mean, there were some good nuggets in there. I mean, he said the reason me, Malik, and D'Lo are paid is that we can put the ball in the bucket. The defense is where the growth really needs to come in. And I mean, that's big picture. That's for sure. Those are, I'm with that. That's good to hear. For me, though, and this is just, again, this is probably just a philosophical difference I am kind of concerned with the scoring, even if Cat isn't. And and that's not because I don't think he's great at scoring, or it's not that I don't think that the trio of Cat, D'Lo, and Malik are an awesome scoring trio. They pretty clearly are. I I think this team with Cat is actually just a good offensive team. But I do believe that both sides of the ball tie together. You know, with this roster, I just wonder if the other surrounding pieces got to get rolling a little bit on O to really engage on D. You know, that makes sense to me. And, and then I also just think there's – I just think there's a real defensive ceiling for this team based on the defensive talent they, they currently have. So if that ceiling's there, I think you got to get more on offense, not only to get those guys going, but I think they just got to score more in general. Like, I mean, I, I think back often to – that, that game in Denver where Wancho had 25 at halftime and they were still up by like two. I I just believe that that's the defense. And so to me, there's more untapped offensive oil in this roster than there is defensive oil. That's my opinion on it. Before we get to Cat and his encouraging defense, let's take a quick break. 
Hey everyone, want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art for your pod, Q&As with Blue Wire podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of uh, tips and tricks that we all use. On top of that, we'll get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google Stitcher, all those listening platforms. And We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, I can tell you from my own experience is it costs more than $15 a month to host your own podcast. Blue Wire Hustle only charges that, which is the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. All right. I want to rip through a couple of things here quickly. And the first is that Cat, individually, he has been awesome on defense this year. And I think that's legitimately something to take solace in for Timberwolves fans. That, you know, Cat's playing the best defense of his career. Easy. I know this year has generally been pretty brutal. They're three and eight. And I think my Twitter followers legitimately want to go kidnap Ryan Saunders. But seriously, like think back a month ago. I, I don't think you could have picked one single thing that would be a more encouraging development than Cat looking like a real defender. If we we're having this conversation a month ago and I said you get one wish that I will magically grant, would you not have said Cat becoming a good defender? I think let's not lose sight of that. Now, we need to see this sustain for an extended run of games. Will he become frustrated? Will he become bored with defense? Will, you know, will, will it sustain? He's only played four games. But if we just zone in on what Cat has done defensively this season, watch him. I mean, you, you can't help but be pleased with that. And, I, you know, that's not going to necessarily show up in, you know, team defensive rating and all those sort of things. But this is a huge jump for Cat defensively. We've always talked about this team having a glass ceiling overall because even if they have the best offense in the league, it's always felt like they, there was a hard cap of being average defensively. And, and, and honestly, average would have felt generous. Here's the deal. This, this cat, this cat playing defense like this can lead a group 
of solid defenders around him to being above average, 100%. He's playing defense that well. And, you know, as we just talked about, they don't currently have solid defenders. But I don't think that disproves what I'm saying. You know, they didn't get P.J. Tucker this summer, and they didn't get Jay Crowder this summer. But they they could have, or that could happen in the future. Let's. What if they did? What if they theoretically did have them, and, and Tucker was playing Wancho's minutes? And what if Crowder was playing Culver's minutes? Would this team still have shit to work through? Of course. But could that team be above average defensively? I think, I think maybe they could, and that's because if you put competent defenders around this cat, you might have a squad. Moving on. Uh, broken record here, but the D'Lo and Rubio pair still doesn't work. It didn't work again tonight. Um, I'm not going to get into that on this episode because Britt Robson just wrote a big fat column on that topic today. And Britt is going to come on the pod tomorrow. So we'll hit on all that then. What I do want to talk about is the rotation and what, what Saunders is doing with the rotation or did with the rotation tonight and has been these past few games. Um, I think rational minds can agree that because of this roster sort of brokenness that they're that there aren't simple answers to solving this rotation. I mean, if the starters have cracks in you know their seams, then what's the bench? I mean, this this bench has been a train wreck the past few weeks. They've gotten so little from Rubio and from Edwards and from Culver and Nas lately. And that's just made, you know, the time that those guys are all in together super dangerous for this team. We've seen lead after lead crumble away when the bench is in at the beginning of the fourth. I've, I'm at the point where I pretty much expect it now. What worked there to salvage that group in the San Antonio game was that they won that game by rearranging D'Angelo Russell's minutes so he was in at the start of the fourth quarter with the backups to sort of bridge the gap. Again, that worked. They won the San Antonio game. So what what, what I recognize Saunders doing tonight was, was basically trying to extrapolate extrapolate that over the whole game out of any time those bench guys were in there and any time for the backups were out there Saunders put one of Cat or D'Lo out there with them now because Cat and D'Lo already play their own normal shifts this led to little kind of awkward three minute stints of time that Cat or D'Lo were out there in between their bigger shifts now this boosted Cat you know coming off an injury to 34 minutes played and D'Lo to 36. And when I look at that and I feel the game, part of me just wishes that, you know, if Cat and D'Lo are going to play 35 minutes, you know, I, I would instead just maybe rather run them for longer periods of time during their main shifts. I feel like that would better fit them. But that kind of contradicts my whole point or my whole premise of this episode, which is that, you know, they need to get other guys going. So I'm I'm conflicted on this sort of move by Saunders. So I just asked him about it post-game, uh, just about how little two, three-minute stints for Cat and D'Lo might impact, you know, their overall rhythm. Ryan, you talked about going to Cat and D'Lo a little bit in those three-minute stints, kind of with the second unit. Is that... Is that a time where they they are in a rhythm there when it's for three minutes or, or so? Like, how, how do you think that impacts them rather than the other four guys? Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. You know, the, the the one thing, though, is, is those are two of our best 
you know, foul draw, draw players. Um, so, you know, when we're, when we get into a bonus, you know, getting those guys out and then bringing them back, you know, that's by design because they can get to the foul line. They're both, you know, good foul shooters. So, um, you know, it, rhythm wise, it's tough. It, it, it is tough, but you know, that's, that's something that, um, you know, Delo has done, you know, throughout his career, you know, we, we've talked on too. I think if you're Saunders, you probably just got to keep doing this with Cat and Delo, or I mean, that at least sounds like what he's going to do. I wouldn't say it was exactly effective tonight, but I do hear what he's saying. You, you kind of kill two birds by getting your, getting your best players out there during bonus situations. And at the same time, you're also helping, you know, buoy that second unit in general. That sounds good. But similar to the power forward position, this also just kind of feels like a hack, right? That, that tries to solve a bigger problem, but probably can't. And that problem with this roster right now is that the second unit just doesn't have an identity. You know, if the second unit could find an identity, then, you know, we would at least know what they're trying to be, right? Like, right, what even, what even is the identity of that group right now? You know, for a while, it was kind of Anthony Edwards' time, but that's been touch and go because he's pretty clearly touch and go. So then they've kind of, at other times, just handed the reins to Rubio with that group, but that hasn't really worked either. And I really just, it, it has felt, felt very individually focused when, when the second group's out there kind of going through one guy. And I think that's why they don't have an identity. The, the identity of a group can't be one person. You know, part of me is intrigued by that group being, you know, spearheaded by Edwards and Rubio, you know, and... I guess it's kind of them who are at the head of the snake, but it, but I think it needs to be as a group, you know, running at a high pace with both Vanderbilt and Akogi out there with them. We've seen that at little bits and pieces, kind of zipping the ball up the court on offense, being annoying and trapping on defense, you know, you're playing imperfect basketball. But as I went into with the whole power forward conundrum, it feels like you need, this is the problem, it feels like you need one of, at least one of Akogi or Vanderbilt to bring physicality to the starting unit and you can't just clone them really to, to have them be playing with both. So you got to get sort of creative. So I think it's a mix. You mix that all together. You, you zipping the ball up the court on offense and bringing chaotic, a chaotic style on defense rather than, you know, precision. And I think Wancho fits that better. It's a, you know, I think it's a style of play that better recognizes Wancho's flaws I think that second unit would sort of accept his shortcomings because, yeah, again, because that, that group would be playing sort of inherently imperfect basketball. I think you get Wancho out there with the second unit to run and gun a little bit with Rubio and Edwards and then mix and match one of a Kogi or Vanderbilt in with that group as well. It's a, it's a stagger. I think you can start Vanderbilt at the four against bulkier teams in place of Wancho, but also try and stagger his minutes out some. So he's playing just as much with that second unit as he is the starters. And then you have Okogi be sort of the inverse of that. Still starting at the three, but but he's also staggered in a way. You could, in that stagger, you could have Okogi sometimes play the four with the starters when, when you feel like you can get away with it, but also play him in a stagger where he's bringing some of that energy to the second unit. The main shift, though, I think would be committing to Wancho on the second unit. And, you know, in turn, a flex play of Vanderbilt in at the four against big teams or shifting a Kogi to the four against teams when they go smaller. 
you know, have your main five be Cat, Vanderbilt, Okogi, Beasley, and Russell against bigger teams. Or when you can get away with it, have your main group be Cat, Okogi at the four, Beasley, Russell, and Rubio when, you know, the opponent's going smaller. I thought we could have seen some of that tonight. I thought there were opportunities to play a Kogi at the four when Brandon Clark was out of the game that Saunders didn't do. And I also thought there were opportunities to to play Vanderbilt more at the four when Clark was in. Instead, it was all Wancho, and that pretty clearly didn't work. It's Memphis again on Friday, so the same matchup profile will obviously be out there. And I think Saunders has to you know, adjust accordingly to both match the Grizzlies' physicality in the front court while also trying to foster a second unit identity. You know, it's it's tricky, but I do think it's possible. And and a lot of it I think is triggered by shifting Wancho back into a bench role. You know, who knows what that does to Wancho's confidence. You know, that's a fair counterpoint and one I wouldn't be surprised to see them make. But it's not like he's been a beacon of confidence as a starter. It certainly seems worth considering to me shifting Wancho back into the second unit, still playing a lot, but having Vanderbilt start at the four. We'll see. That's all I got for tonight. Again, I'll be on with Britt tomorrow. You can look for that episode in your feed Thursday afternoon. Um, I try and zoom in more, obviously, for those of you listening to this. Zooming, it's a gamer pod. Um, we zoomed more into what happened in this game. Um, in the post game episodes, but with Britt, we'll hit on the we hit on the big picture a little bit more. Um, obviously, <laughs> right now that's not an overall pretty picture. A three and eight is bad, um, and it's worse than they should be. I think particularly, you know, the, both of these two games with Cat back that they lost should have been wins. Overtime one against San Antonio should have been a win, and tonight should have been two. They're up by ten going in the fourth quarter. That would have win those two, and you're much more respectable, you know, five and six. Still, I do feel like this team is a few tweaks away from a little bit of competence. I'm not, I'm not saying being great, but you know, but being competent and being able to compete against, you know, almost every team. We know Friday is obviously a winnable game against an opponent they know is beatable. It starts there, and you know, <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Until tomorrow with Britt, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it all so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like nobody.